When the world and work are rapidly changing, organizations, leaders, and professionals start to ask critical, reflective questions, such as, am I still relevant and on the path to success? How do I stay adaptable to all this change and not get stuck? How should I be reskilling, upskilling, and future skilling? How do I feel a sense of psychological safety and belonging in my career? What can I do that AI and automation can't do? Who am I now? And maybe the most important question of this decade, how do I find purpose and meaning in my work? Welcome to the Disrupted Workforce, where we help courageous professionals explore, expand, and evolve in the future of work. Are you curious to understand how all these disruptions are changing how we work in our careers? Trying to self-assess and build an actionable plan to thrive in the future of work? Looking for research and insights from thought leaders to help you and your organization? Then this is the show for you and you found your tribe. I'm Alex Schwartz. And I'm Nate Thompson. And we are your hosts. The very term, the future of work, is like a big bucket full of the rapidly changing aspects of work. It can mean a lot of different things, such as how and where we work, the skills that are dying versus the skills in high demand, purpose and meaning, the emerging technologies reshaping the way we work, the impact on cities, mental health, well-being, overcoming diversity, equity, and inclusion barriers, the gig economy, the evolution of leadership, changing power dynamics, psychological safety, and even belonging. It's a bit overwhelming, right? It is, but that's not all. We've all lived through years of massive change reshaping the workforce. As LinkedIn reported late last year, the global talent market has never changed this much this quickly. And this landscape is not just about skills being disrupted, but our very sense of purpose and identity. People overwhelmingly associate what we do with who we are. When is the last time you went to a social event and someone didn't ask you? So, what do you do? As work skills and industries are continuously disrupted, it's harder than ever to feel safety in our identity, which for most of us is core to who we are, often tied to our sense of self or self-esteem. This can be scary and also paralyzing. Exactly. We at the Disrupted Workforce fundamentally believe the most successful organizations, leaders, and professionals during this age of unprecedented change must do more than just embrace the latest skills or future of work trends. We believe their collective success will first depend on embracing a future of work mindset, a mindset that will accomplish two things, serve as a unique lens to better understand, make sense of, and navigate the changing world of work, and second, enable a powerful way of being deeply human while supporting learning, adaptation, and the evolution of skills. The future of work mindset has taken us years to develop. It's something we've both lived and embraced ourselves, and we're really excited to share it with you. It reflects our continued desire to help organizations, leaders, and professionals thrive in the future of work. Now, before we dive in further to this episode, if you want to learn more about the future of work mindset, here are three ways to take action now. First, sign up at disruptedwork.com forward slash mindset. That's disruptedwork.com forward slash mindset to learn more and download the future of work mindset model and the action plan. Follow us, Nate Thompson and Alex Schwartz on LinkedIn, where we'll continue to share a lot of insights about this way of working and way of being. And then as a teaser of what's to come in our model, how about you guys ask yourselves 
which of these statements resonates most? The traditional mindset says, I'm comfortable with who I am and how I do things. I'll fly under the radar until I am forced to change. Whereas the future of work mindset says, my work identity is no longer tied to my title or my role. I continuously adapt to change to add impact and value. Wow, you guys are hitting with the identity stuff right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah, we are. Because you need straight talk in this conversation. The goal with this mini-series is to have a deeper conversation. We want to drive reflection. We want to make it safe to talk about how much these changes are impacting all of us and bring this model to life. So the episode is divided up into three parts. First, why mindset is so important to us and this conversation. Second, what is mindset and why is it critical to the future of work? Third, we bring practical examples that anyone can use or understand. And as Simon Sinek says, let's start with why. We aren't just reporting the news. We've been living through the same disruptions as you. Imagine that one minute you're leading an inspired and epic transformation about the future of work in a company, and nine months later, that company is gone. That's how fast the future of work is moving. In late 2015 and early 2016, I was co-leading a series of offsites for various teams and business units. It quickly became clear that while we had wonderful, intelligent, and dedicated teams, they were not aware of or prepared for the magnitude of disruption that was washing over the asset management industry. It was the typical story. Good people doing good things, doing traditional work, but not preparing for the future of work. I concepted and pitched a pilot to design the first future work program in asset management. In short, it was a structure to drive the behaviors that we needed to survive and thrive. That program was a huge success and it was rolled out to the enterprise. Now, the cool thing was I received a promotion and I was invited to help build the first strategy and innovation team in the organization. We got to charter this fostering of new skills, new technologies, and new capabilities. It was an epically cool role. <laughs> and we had fantastic leadership. We built an amazing team. We created trust, psychological safety. We built strong partnerships across the organization. And over the course of two years, we focused on creating the conditions that inspired people to explore, to experiment, and to achieve their potential while moving the organization forward. We let people share the stories and they got to showcase the good work that they were doing in a special area we called the Transformation Showcase. This is unique. This was special and palpable. If you've ever been a part of something like that, you know. It felt like nothing could stop this momentum and the sky was the limit. Or maybe not. <laughs> At a hackathon where the winning hack was $8 million, an $8 million annual save focused on automating employee onboarding, we found out that our company was being acquired everyone's phone started lighting up and the excitement quickly turned to fear of the unknown. Over the next year and a half, I shifted my focus to supporting our team and leading the culture integration. Mergers and acquisitions are really, really tough on people and it took a tremendous toll. We formed a wonderful culture team and did everything we could to support our people through the integration, but despite our best efforts, we lost a lot of talent. And by May of 2019, a 60-year-old global asset manager ceased to exist. I continued my culture work in the acquiring firm, and I designed and led a global culture summit and subsequent global culture conversations. I flew over 100,000 miles to three continents to deeply listen to people, capture their sentiment, and make recommendations on how to foster an inspired and unified culture going forward. In the end, I chose to take my severance and I walked out into a global pandemic. 
as the disruptor, I had been fundamentally disrupted personally and professionally. I love your story, Nate. It's a powerful reminder that even if you're on your A-game, there might be bigger things at play. Now, speaking of people on their A-game, a lot of people know the story about the AI-powered program AlphaGo that beats the top Go player in the world, Lisa Dahl, as a pivotal moment in AI's history. But what most people miss is the bigger story, how a champion losing to AI loses his sense of identity. Now, here's the background, right? In 2014, Google buys DeepMind for a half a billion bucks, a technology company running one of the world's most advanced machine learning programs. Machine learning equals AI. They set out to see if AI can win at Go. A strategy game because of the nearly infinite number of possible moves is more complex than chess. Now, the team at DeepMind and their program AlphaGo start having some success. They beat world-class players and they use their momentum to get a match with Go's top player, Lee Sadal from South Korea. Lee is to go what Michael Jordan and LeBron James are to basketball. His official ranking is nine Dan. He has been kicking everyone's ass for 21 years and he has the ego to prove it and thinks there's basically zero chance DeepMind can win more than perhaps one match out of the five that they're set to play, right? Now, Everyone who knows this story knows the headline. The program AlphaGo won, Lisa Dahl lost, but most people haven't actually watched what happened to Lisa Dahl in the course of these five matches. And here's what you see, guys. A confident man who has poured his entire life into mastering this insanely complex game, a guy who has held the top ranking for over 13 years and has beaten everyone there is to beat, taken down by a piece of software. You see him fidget in his chair, his shoulders slump, his facial expressions turn to disbelief. You see him chain smoking nervously between the matches and you realize that what you are watching is Lisa Dahl, the LeBron James of Go, turn from a champion to a broken man whose life work doesn't seem meaningful anymore. His very sense of self is lost. Because of technology, he doesn't have the mindset to realize that he is more than his title, more than his life's work, and naturally his future feels really shaky. Watching this really struck me. I had such empathy for this man. What I realized was Lisa Dahl was the poster child for the future of work. What happened to him could happen to anyone. And it occurred to me, based on my own struggles and success in evolving, I really wanted to find a way to help countless other people and professionals from experiencing a Lisa Dahl moment or loss of identity in their own lives and careers. And notably, you know, in a report from McKinsey, 25% of the U.S. workforce or 45 million Americans will lose their jobs to automation by 2030. Yeah, and this isn't about dystopian anything. But as we shared at the outset, the future of work is much, much, much bigger than technology. It's also going to create jobs. There's a lot more going on. It's the compounding impact of dozens of macro disruptors happening at the same time. We all have an internal model of the world. It's a mental framework that says, this is how the world is supposed to work in my view. But that model is being shaken and challenged again and again. It's more than the pandemic. It's the economy, inflation, the market, the rise in violence against diverse Americans, political polarization, war climate change, the great resignation and quiet quitting, and other major compounding stressors impacting our collective 
mental health. Best-selling author and psychotherapist Esther Perel, who we at TDW have a little bit of a crush on, builds on this sentiment with the following quote. She says, in corporate America, people no longer work just to put food on the table. In addition to funding basic needs, they work with a vision of self-fulfillment, purpose, and growth. They expect their jobs to foster identity, meaning, and belonging, existential needs that used to be met in the realm of religious and traditional structures. This is precisely why many people who lost their jobs over the last year didn't just experience it as a loss of income and security, but also as a loss of self. When the world and work are rapidly changing, organizations, leaders, and professionals start to ask critical, reflective questions, such as, am I still relevant and on the path to success? How do I stay adaptable to all this change and not get stuck? How should I be reskilling, upskilling, and future skilling? How do I feel a sense of psychological safety and belonging in my career? What can I do that AI and automation can't do? Who am I now? And maybe the most important question of this decade, how do I find purpose and meaning in my work now? Have you been asking yourself questions like these? Because Alex and I have for years. But where do you start and how do you navigate? Look, as work rapidly changes, we must also. And that begins with our mindset. Many people look to us for the personalized shortcut. They say, hey, Alex, hey, Nate, I don't want to try to make sense of all that other stuff. What do I need to learn in order to become future-proof or irreplaceable? But what most people seem to miss or forget is that the real secret sauce to the future of work is that it's the future of learning, not just about new skills, but about who we are as organizations, leaders, and professionals in the context of all this change. Now, I've spent nearly a decade working for top firms in the consulting and digital transformation space, right? I spoke to hundreds of executives at Fortune 500 companies across nearly every industry, and I sold countless projects related to technology implementation, AI, organizational consulting, user experience design, big data, social media, you name it. And what I realized over time was that every company I encountered wanted the productivity of technology, the productivity of artificial intelligence, and the promise of digital transformation, but struggled with marrying these tech and digital investments with the right learning and development initiatives and cultural evolution for their employees. What's been missing in the corporate world is the mindset to understand and manage all this change and also the necessary focus on the human element in the digital age, or human intelligence, as we like to call it. Right. This moment demands that we lead, think, behave, and learn differently. We must admit that saying the future work is only about reskilling or upskilling is a myth. Learning new skills is important, but it's so much more than that. Far more important is our mindset. So let's make this practical. As leaders and professionals, everyone is trying to climb the ladder to success, whatever that is for you. But if you don't evaluate your mindset, you might find yourself climbing a ladder that's leaning against the wrong wall, thus leaving you behind in the future work. So what is a mindset? Mindset has been a research topic across several domains for more than 30 years. Harold Dweck, you probably know the name, is largely recognized as the person most responsible for taking the idea of mindset mainstream. She's an American psychologist at Stanford and the author of the highly influential, best-selling book, 
Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. Her book lays out the idea that a mindset is a self-perception or self-theory that people hold about themselves. In simple terms, believing that either you are intelligent or I'm not very good at school is an example of mindset. Our self-perceptions continue into our personal and professional lives in statements like, I'm a good singer, I'm a bad parent, I'm an okay athlete, I'm lousy with finances. Now, in their research, Crum, Salovey, and Anchor said, mindsets are lenses or frames of mind that orient individuals to a particular set of associations and expectations. That's right. So how does a mindset manifest at work? In the context of work, mindsets help individuals make sense of complex information at the individual team, organization, and even the industry levels. Our mindset can be conscious or unconscious, thus exploring our mindsets individually and together are critical. We can hold a mindset about ourselves while sharing a mindset about our team and organization. Our mindset is influenced by the stories we tell all day about ourselves, our teams, and our organizations. Here are some crisp examples of how that plays out at each level. Individually, I'm not very good with technology. Team, our team and work are too manual to compete. Organization. Hey, we aren't Google. We can't innovate like them. And those are disempowering examples. Yeah, those are all disempowering examples. In the same way, you can have an empowering example at every level. The good news is we can positively influence change and evolve our mindset with reflection, learning, and focused effort. Our mindset is naturally tied to our sense of self and identity. While they may seem invisible, these powerful forces have a tremendous impact on our present and future. Self-image is how you see yourself, self-esteem, your worth and value, self-efficacy, what you believe you can and can't do, ideal self, who you aspire to become. Thus, we must evolve our sense of self while we evolve our mindset. So does mindset really matter in the future of work? Yes. Our mindset is our tool for navigation. It will shape everything we do and ultimately determine whether we succeed or fail in the future of work. We believe the rest of this decade will be very challenging if you don't have a future of work mindset. And this is why we place mindset as the first and most important step in preparing. Now, hopefully by now, you are reasonably convinced that the traditional mindset about work and career are inadequate. So let's explore the disrupted workforce future of work mindset model. Why is our mindset model unique? Well, the future work is complex, as we said at the outset. Many of today's solutions about the future work feel confusing. You know, we felt the world needed a simple, practical mindset model where people could just make sense, prepare and navigate through the waves of disruption. Yes. And also, many of today's frameworks ignore personal reflection and reinvention as the world and workplace rapidly change. And there is a deeply personal component to this, which requires us to be reflective as we evolve our sense of self and the sense of our organizations. Yeah. So Aikopathia has this beautiful quote. She says, if it must be transformational, it must be relational. Now, the last one is traditionally effort is a key component of mindset, but we must embrace that no amount of hustle can outpace the algorithm. I am going to say that again. No amount of human hustle can outpace an algorithm. Thus, we must reimagine where and how we honor uniquely human capabilities and human intelligence. 
This model was built and refined with years of feedback from programs, clients, leaders, and partners. We're excited about where it stands and will continue to evolve it as we receive feedback. Let's take a tour of the model. Now, here's the high-level overview. We have some guiding principles. One, be simple and universal. This needs to work for everybody. Two, serve as a unique lens to better understand, make sense of, and navigate, no matter how many waves of disruption happen. And then three, enable a powerful way of being deeply human while supporting learning, adaptation, and the evolution of skills. Our mindset model is comprised of three parts, explore, expand, and evolve. Let's examine each one in progression and understand that each section uses the same rubric. So in explore, the core belief when you're in explore is that leaders, professionals, and organizations exploring in the future of work treat learning like a great adventure and a critical strategic advantage, not a chore. The keywords that espouse explore are curiosity, collaboration, and experimentation. Now, let's bring this to life with some practical examples. The traditional mindset for Explore says, I'm busy. I don't have time to learn something new. The future of work mindset says, learning is no longer scheduled or mandated. Learning is now in the flow of work and life. I'm learning daily in whatever style works best for me. The traditional mindset says, I don't need to focus on the future of work. I focus on doing my job. The future of work mindset says, I actively explore the evolving workplace, emerging technologies, disruptive forces, and new skills that are relevant to my work and career. I love those. Now, what are the behaviors that make this come to life? Well, be proactive. Taking daily initiative to research and learn where things are going. Be reflective about where you are now and where you aspire to go in your career. Improve your digital literacy, embrace new technologies, become data-driven, and explore new ways of working. And tailor your learning to rapidly reskill, upskill, and future skill in the flow of work. And a quote that exemplifies Explore for us is Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. He wrote the book Flow, bestseller, right? Through learning, we grow, becoming more than we were before. And in that sense, learning is unselfish because it results in the transformation of what we were before, a setting aside of the old self in favor of a more complex one. Now, there's a lot of data that supports each of these components of the future of work mindset. So we cherry-picked a few things for each. Now, according to LinkedIn, 94% of employees will stay with a company longer if there are investments in learning. And they similarly discovered that upskilling and reskilling is now a top priority for learning and development executives higher than teaching leadership and management was. Expand. The fundamental belief is leaders, professionals, and organizations expanding in the future work invoke change, welcome challenge, and hack fear. The keywords are courage, resilience, and a flexible sense of identity. Practical examples. The traditional mindset says, I'm comfortable with who I am and how I do things. I'll fly under the radar until I'm forced to change. The future of work mindset says my identity is no longer tied to my title or role. I continuously adapt to change. Another example, the traditional mindset says I have worked hard to get to my level and I'm not going to lose what I've earned. I'll let someone else take those risks. The future of work mindset says the biggest risk to my career and organization is standing still. I consistently grow and expand so I don't get left behind. Amazing. 
And now the behaviors that you would expect to see that unlock expand, unlearning traditional best practices that have outlived their usefulness, being courageous to evolve identity, labels, and a sense of self, also a sense of an organization. Failing is now success because you're learning from your failures, meeting challenges with purpose and resolve to stay gritty and resilient, and discovering practices and habits to consistently adapt. That consistency piece is going to be really important for everybody to really lock onto. Now, a quote that exemplifies expand comes from Aeneas Nin, and she said, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. And the data to back it up. According to Boston Consulting Group, adaptability is the top new skill for individuals and organizations to embrace. Similarly, a study on resilient organizations from BetterUp noted that resilient organizations experience 57% greater meaning and purpose, 176% greater resilience in themselves, and 52% lower burnout, and a 76% lower turnover rate. They also have greater team innovation, agility, and performance. Let's dive into Evolve. The core belief for Evolve is that leaders and organizations evolving in the future of work understand that in a digital world, upgrading human intelligence is more important than ever. Keywords are openness, empathy, inclusion, and critical decision-making. Now, let's look at some examples. In the traditional mindset of Evolve, you'd say, I don't trust them. We need butts and seats and eyes on our people so we can be sure they're doing their work. If they don't like it, well, they can find a new place to work. I think we've heard a lot of that in the pandemic, right, folks? Yeah. Now, here's the opposite side. The future of work mindset says the world and workplace change through the pandemic. We lead with empathy and flex to understand employee needs and create cultures of trust and belonging. Another example, the traditional mindset says we're going to roll out technology first, then figure out how to move people around it. The future of work mindset says we build shared understanding and buy-in to launch new technology and capabilities. We balance technology's intelligence with human intelligence co-creating new ways of working that exceed our clients' expectations while fostering a healthy culture. I love that one. Such a pain point. The behaviors to exemplify evolve are being human and planet-centered with meaningful values that are embraced, right? This idea of human-centered leadership, listening, being empathetic, and building trust to co-create new ways of working, prioritizing human intelligence as a key component of a successful digital transformation. That's huge, right? Embracing diversity, equity, and inclusion beyond the optics, but for the richness, results, and strategic vantage that it absolutely adds to your culture. This is research. This is a fact. Fostering a culture of psychological safety, belonging, and trust through change. Now, there's one other one here that we think is really important. It's this idea of surrendering to the realization that no one has all the answers, right? There isn't some baked playbook here. It's unfolding right now. The quote that we love that exemplifies this comes from Josh Burson. The definition of a human-centered leader is fairly simple. It's a leadership that puts people first. What does this look like on a daily basis? It means being human-centered shapes our communication style, our mindset, and our sense of trust. It changes how we approach problems and think about advancement. It also calls on us to shift priorities and make employee well-being a strategic imperative, right? This is particularly in the face of employee burnout and the stressors of hybrid work. 
Absolutely love that quote from Josh. Now, the findings that support this are from Stanford and Carnegie Mellon, which discovered that 75% of long-term job success, 75% depends on soft skills mastery. That's human intelligence, folks, and only 25% on technical skills. Now, Josh Burson, again, agrees, and he stated that pedigree has fallen 20% in the last two years. It's not about previous experience anymore. It's about the ability to learn new skills and roles. That's right. And we could talk about this for hours, and we do. But that's more than enough to get you excited about putting this model to work for you in your life and career. Now, are other thought leaders talking about mindset? Yes, they are. In their 2020 book, The Adaptation Advantage, Heather McGowan and Chris Shipley shared in conversations with business leaders who hold a steadfast commitment to tried and true business practices and who have failed to evolve, reaction is always the same. We did not see the change coming. More often, we didn't think it would happen so quickly. Exactly. In the 2022 book, The Digital Mindset, What It Really Takes to Thrive in the Age of Data Algorithms and AI, Paul Lenardi and Cedal Neely state, learning how to code isn't essential, but having a digital mindset can help you thrive in a world driven by data and artificial intelligence. And in 2020, the World Economic Forum started to ask the question of what does leadership mean in an age of perpetual change? And a quote from that article is, business models, the nature of work, and the composition of workforces are changing radically. Only companies that transform continuously will remain competitive. Successful transformation depends crucially on whether a company's leaders have the right mindset and skills. In summary, the future work mindset model comes down to three things. Explore, expand, and evolve. Super simple, right? You don't need to boil the ocean, you don't have to learn everything, and you don't need to be someone you're not. Right now, you only need to do three things. Sign up at disruptedwork.com forward slash mindset to learn more and download the future work mindset model and action plan. Follow us on LinkedIn to learn more about this and join us for part two of this series. Now, Seth Godin has a beautiful quote that we think is perfect to end this episode. Optimism is the most important human trait because it allows us to evolve our ideas, to improve our situation, and to hope for a better tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on this journey. In a world where attention is scarce and content is abundant, it means a lot. To learn more about this episode, go to disruptedwork.com forward slash podcast, where you can find show notes and key details about the episode, our guests, and how to connect with us. Our website also contains additional resources for learning, including our future work mindset model and action plan. The best way you can support the disrupted workforce is to subscribe to our show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To help others thrive in the future work, spread the word by rating and reviewing the podcast and sharing your favorite episodes with the people you care about. Disrupt yourself to unlock your future.